the dumbest news story we've ever read deserves a little bit more explanation. That's what we're going to do in this episode. That's what we're going to talk about today. We touched on what we dubbed the dumbest news story we've ever read uh, in a previous episode, but I feel like we glossed over it too quickly, and I was afraid that maybe we came off a little too callous or a little uh, too mocking, I guess, in the story without actually giving it enough due diligence and explaining, you know what we thought about it from a biblical point of view. So that's what we wanted to do with this episode. And before we dive into that, and I do have another story that we're going to touch on just briefly before we get into the dumbest news story. So as always, baby, do you have anything you want to say before we dive in? Well, we just really love to uh, get your comments. Um, especially in this one, I had a couple of questions that I would really like... Um, other people to chime in on and as always just um oh my, my mind is so blank you can just go <laughs> yeah we record late in the evening so that's why our minds go blank but go ahead and jump on that discord yes discord <laughs> um we have a prayer request we've got sermon recommendations and we've got a yeah. section for praise reports and I didn't mm-hmm. tell Nikki about this yet, so I'm telling her now. I got an awesome praise report today, something that I'm super excited to announce. I told him I'd give him a shout out on the podcast. So I've got a pretty old friend, um, old as in I've known him for a very long time, ever since I was probably 13 or so. Uh, I remember being back at his house playing Super Smash Brothers on the N64. That's how how long we go back and um, a lot of prayer has been poured into him. And uh, just today I got a text message from my old friend, Ernie, who said he finally gave his life over to God and he's ready to be the head of the household that he needs to be. So that's an awesome testimony. A lot of prayer. My mom, (laughs) especially has probably poured (laughs) a lot of prayer into that man's life. So Ernie, man, we love you. I'm so thankful (laughs) that you've uh, come to this newfound faith, and uh, I'm excited to see what God's going to do with you. So guys, please pray for Ernie and his family. He's got a beautiful wife, beautiful kids. They're awesome. A great family, Ernie and Christina, and they're going to need a lot of prayer because the devil's not going to let them go quietly into the night. So be praying for Ernie. But we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear more of these testimonies, more of what God's doing in the world. So um, we know he's active. We just want to hear about it. That's really encouraging. Don't give up on praying for your friends and your family. That's that's awesome, babe. Yep. (laughs) Good friend, Ernie. So, yep. Now dive into these stories. So the first one I wanted to touch on, it just almost as much as hearing Ernie's testimony, it brings joy and a bit of anger to my heart. So this story (laughs) comes from the blaze. And I think in order to get to the first story, I got to touch on the second story first. So the second article um, says that fences go up around church in Canada. And just reading through here, 
it says when was this uh this story was posted originally on april 8th and it says in canada uh the province's public health orders indicate that face masks are mandatory and churches are restricted to 15 percent of the fire code capacity However, when police and the uh, whatever AHS inspectors entered this church, which is called uh, Grace Life Church, I believe it's in Edmonton, uh, whatever, when they f- uh, entered the church property several times during services to ensure rules were being followed, the church did not comply with the restrictions. It said, um, in addition, Grace Life's parking lot was packed on Good Friday and Easter Sunday. So the the pastor reading through here, he was eventually charged. This pastor's name is Coates. I can't find James Coates is the pastor. He was eventually charged for violating COVID-19 public health orders, and he was jailed for 35 days. He was held in custody and fined $1,500 for not having his church services restricted and masks worn. So this is before Good Friday. He was already jailed and then they did the services. It must have been. So um, I'm going to have these, all these news articles as always will be linked. But the point that I want to make was he was jailed for not adhering to the public health orders in Canada. And eventually they wound up basically shutting the church down and they actually fenced it off so that people couldn't even get into the church until they adhered to it. So this was April 8th. And then the next story is from April 11th and the headline says Christians tear down fences around shuttered Canadian church. Government sends in 200 riot police. (laughs) And I was like, thank you, God. This is Christians standing up. Seriously, all the other like 200 riot police. They're crazy. And the reason I want to bring this up this is why we started religionless Christianity. We think this is coming to America. You know, the same people that run Canada are the people that are running America today. Mm. The only difference is we have a constitution that grants freedom of religion and guarantees it. Canada does not. But this is what they want to do to us. And we talked in our initial episode, and we'll try to have that link if you haven't seen it yet, why we started started this podcast about the church we went to in Albuquerque, uh, Legacy Church, mm-hmm. how their pastor was fined. Our governor here in New Mexico talked about he was hosting illegal church services, and this is what they want to do to our churches. And we need to be aware of it and not just let these people push us around. We have a constitutional right, right and more than that, we have a commitment to our God, and we have a mandate to gather together as believers. So go check these stories out, man. If you got a few extra dollars laying around, send them to Grace Life Church. These pastors, um, these people there, they would love, I'm sure, to uh, know that there's people in America down here praying for them and fighting with them, man. We love you guys. Surprising the media like allows these kinds of stories to even be out there to give us like motivation, like they don't want us to know that other people are The media up. doesn't. That's why you have to go to news sites like theblaze.com. CNN's not reporting on this. <clears throat> they don't but want you to know. God but. bless the Canadians. We should not have to be following Canada's lead, but we love it. <laughs> and keep We haven't fighting. had any fences yet, though. No fences, but they're coming. I guarantee it. So 
that's the first story. The second one we want to dive into is the dumbest news story we've ever read. And we don't mean that in a malicious way. It's just, it's eye-wateringly awful. The more you read in this article, the more it is, uh, it's painful. So again, just the headline of it is parents of non-binary autistic child say child asked to be called they at six. And, um, the first sentence I want to read, well, you can go ahead and read it, honey. Um, was, uh, let's see. I can't find it. We'll have it. You'll see it on the screen, but it's where they get the best advice. They say that they received was, Mm, I think that was just follow the child. So the first point that we wanted to touch on in here, and you can jump off with this, was parenting. Oh, yes. So parenting, well, what they say that um, the idea of controlling your child is an illusion. That's what the mom said, right? Yeah. It's an illusion. So she thinks she has no control over her child, but... I mean, there's so many scriptures that tell us train up a child in the way they should go. Like there's probably a hundred more scriptures on teaching your children, instructing your children, discipline. That's probably the number one parenting scripture I notice is disciplining your children. It always says with a rod. But here, you don't need a, a rod for this child. This is just using your words. But you should and, use a rod. Well, no, the child didn't do anything wrong. This is the parents need a rod. But just telling your child, like, no, like, it's just simple. Like, for one, he's autistic. He's going to act a little different anyway. And as we said before, they they didn't say where on that spectrum he is, like, how severely autistic is he? So we don't know. But either way, you don't go and tell your child, like, um, reinforcing what they're saying. Like, I don't even know where the child heard the term boy girl for him to even say, I'm a boy girl. Like, where did you hear that in the first place? Yeah, he was six. To even say that. And we know that the parents have said in the article that they have already read into transgenderism and deep into that. They've already been interested in that and agree with that lifestyle. So it's kind of like they're kid this because he played with dolls and he liked to draw dresses and and watch like Disney fairy movies it's like they I don't know in my mind I'm just making judgments it's like they kind of wanted a reason to like push that into him and get attention on Facebook and everything through this and like that's just all I'm seeing with all that but um the scriptures I wrote down about parenting because um, we're going to be held accountable. It doesn't matter if your child is autistic or not. You still do your best to train them in the way they should go and to not continue with however that lie got put in the kid's head. If it was the parents or somebody else, it doesn't matter. And these people, these parents are Jewish. Like, they should know the word of God. Yeah, and this Even, is the thing like that I wanted to say, like, we sort of hold this like homosexual transgender thing. Like it's some sort of separate sacred cow that like, once your kid decides on this path, you just have to let him go. Right. Like we have to embrace it. And you don't like, we don't do that with anything else. Like if your kid 
has a violent streak that you notice at seven and he kills your cat. You don't go, he's just a murderer. So we're just going to embrace it and bring him home. Give him a a hug and tell him you love him anyway. Yeah. Like you're not going to do that if he's violent. Now, ultimately a kid may grow up to be homosexual. He may grow up to be transgender. But did you do the work to prevent that along the way? At least you do the best you can. Yes. And if they turn out that way, sure, you love them in spite of it yeah. and all these sort of things. But, like, you don't just accept at an early age that, like, oh, you know, my kid's just super lazy. So I just get him pizzas to his room and I don't expect right. him to come out anymore because he just doesn't like to. Like, right. homosexuality mm-hmm. is not something different and set apart than these other behaviors. Because right. it's so. like an identity thing. Like, everybody's like, oh, this is my identity. It's who I am. Like, we've talked about that before. But let me read these uh, scriptures really quick here. And gosh, so Proverbs twenty two fifteen, folly is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. But like I said, the parents obviously weren't brought up in the truth. It's they're not going to discipline him. I mean, there's nothing to discipline yet. They're supposed to be guiding him in the path in the first place. It's not the kid's fault that he thinks this way. So I'm applying this scripture to the parents. <laughs> anyway, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, 13, 11. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. So this child, he's speaking foolishly thinking foolishly and reasoning foolishly. And it's all being like concreted into his mind. Yeah, it's just being like solidified and strengthened in his mind. Like whatever goofy, weird, you know, feelings that you have, we're just going to fully embrace them. And like she mentioned, they're Jewish. And (laughs) obviously they're not religious Jews in any sense. Um, and just before you go on with that, I just want to okay. touch on this last thing. Cause they even say in here, uh, Shira said, she recalled asking her child, do you remember what grandma said to you? The way that help or way that she helps to remind herself. And she says she thinks of God. She feels like God is very universal and not a he or a she, but more a they. And so she thinks of God when she refers to you, like, Holy cow. And that's a trend that we see in this country and around the world where like people are finding their identities in their children and like. But that's putting the idea in their kid that they're like God. Oh, I'm a he, she, so I'm like God. Yeah, like, like God's what a guy. In the world? You think you a Jew would know that. Really like, worshiping your child. <laughs> You're putting that in their head. I'm like God. Like, I don't think you have to be God. a religious Jew to have the Ugh. Torah read to you at one point in your life. So anyways, you can go on. We got... Just a few more minutes left in this episode. And then the last one was Hebrews twelve eleven. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And this is the thing. This child is not being trained at all. And that's the thing. And I have pity on this kid because he's not even being <sighs> trained necessarily in a, I guess, a normal, I don't know if there's a normal transgender way, but like... So I would assume like if you're transgendered and your parents know that and accept it early, you're a boy and you're transitioning to a girl, they embrace that and they help you along that transition. 
they aren't doing that in this article because um, they say later in the article that they don't um, or the boy when he goes to school because he goes to a special needs school. He says on Monday, Thursdays and Fridays, I go to into the boys or men's bathroom on Tuesday, Wednesday and Saturday. I go into the women's bathroom and on Sunday, I just go to whatever bathrooms to my right. So like they're not even telling him like, well, you're a boy, but you want to be. They're just like fully embracing the confusion of like, eh, who knows? Let's figure it out as we go. Like you can just be everything or nothing. And this is already an autistic kid. And God have mercy on the parents. Like a mentally handicapped kid requires extra parenting already. Yeah. And they appear to be doing none of that. And they're just fully like letting this nine-year-old, very confused, already mentally handicapped child lead the family in the way they should go like wild stuff and that's sort of why we wanted to I guess bring this topic up again because this is just you know we're hopefully talking to Christians here and you may find yourself in a situation like this with a child and it requires more diligence from you more prayer more um, discipline on a child like this not just to let him figure it out as he goes like that's why I mentioned it was almost child abuse like Mm -hmm. you're just letting a kid do whatever they want that's you're not being a parent at that point you're just being a bystander Mm -hmm. and you're not doing the kid here's one of the questions I had um maybe I should just read it her Facebook post Mm, I mean I kind of wrote it down but I want it to be more let me see Here's the part about the barrier. Do you see it? You sure it was in the post? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But they, she said something to the effect of their friends are very supportive and they don't see that um, gender... They don't see gender as a barrier. What what does that mean? Like a barrier to what? Like to loving the child or like that's pretty much what it is. They they're so supportive in that they don't see gender as a barrier. So if somebody has an idea of what that means. Yeah, please let us that, know down in the comments. What would she mean by that? A barrier to what? And then How the- is gender a barrier? The last point I want to make, because I don't want this to run too long, is we talk about homeschooling on this. We homeschool our kids, and I think we do it for a good reason. But I want to make the point. It says that Ari, who I believe is the father, um, teaches at a local college. And this is a college (laughs) professor. And he says, my students are very comfortable with the idea that people don't have just male and female genders. And I I think that says a lot of our future. He says, I'm personally very hopeful that Halal will live in a world where they can be who they want to be. This is a college professor that's teaching your children how they should learn and grow into this future that he thinks we're going into. You need to be wary if you're sending your kids to school. You need to... Even uh, college, you got to watch especially out Especially college. Like, so, they're out of your hands, but there they go. All that training undone. Some, I mean, I've seen it happen. I have friends who were in the faith, went to college, and they walked away. Yeah, so homeschool your kids if you can and send them to online school. 
and watch him like a hawk. So we got to wrap this up so we don't run long. I know there's have... so much more I could say, but who knows? We may do an episode. We three, need. That's but... why we need to have this Discord discussion. Like I want to keep it going. Yeah, please jump on here if you can. Like and subscribe. We would very much appreciate it. But that's all we got for today. We love you guys. We're proud of you, Ernie. God bless.